Craig Holy is shit. in the house yet again. Craig, Craig has entered the chat. Hey, Craig. Craig is there. <laughs> I think Craig is a bear. Craig is a bear. Craig is a bear. I can't look like a bear. Mike, I think. Bear with the mic on. I don't think it'd be portrayed any better. <laughs> Bernstein Bears, where you at? Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to episode three. As I said last week, we're not sure if you guys like us enough, but I honestly no. I see. I, I've been getting a lot of messages about people actually telling me that no, that this is like decent, <laughs> and I will take decent. Decent, decent goes a long way, man. I mean. You use at home. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, if you're outside of the, if you're outside of Chicago, people can misinterpret what decent means. And oh, I, I feel well, like if true. you're in Chicago, decent is like really decent. good. So you're you're yeah. doing you're doing okay. Good for okay. yourself. <laughs> By the way, that uh, lovely voice you were you were hearing was the one and only Lola, our new guest, our, our, our guest. guest for this episode. <laughs> It wasn't just God speaking to you, it was somebody here. <laughs> <laughs> You're too sweet. <laughs> You're too sweet. Oh, Thank you, you guys for welcoming really quick, me. Go ahead. Sorry. If you want to introduce yourself. Um, well, as I already mentioned, my name is Lola, and I am a guest on the show. I mean, I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Um, you guys have had two amazing episodes so far, oh. so uh, I'm honored. <laughs> We're honored. Oh, stop it. Real. <laughs> We're in the presence of greatness. Bring that up. Get That's out right. of here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You can keep doing it. <laughs> I think, like, one thing you also have to talk about is uh, why you chose to spend some part of your life with Alina at market. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it's not like she, she did that. not choose this though i kind of like inflicted myself upon her you know oh, so you're, the same way i did with you two oh, yeah so right. we're on the same position <laughs> same position as you guys he follows us around everywhere we go god damn it <laughs> look <laughs> that's exactly what happened and then it's like okay well i guess we gotta get, get used to her <laughs> No, you just want to be in a different city, but I don't think that's going to stop her, but I think that's good enough. That's good enough to get away from her, but... You're right. <laughs> no, I, I am curious. How'd you guys... I love Alina. <laughs> How'd we meet? Yeah, I am yeah. curious. So, we went to a cat together. We were the same major. Actually, one day we were just in the library. Um, for all my, like, friends that went to Marquette that are listening, good old, good old Rainer, and we're all sticking around in the basement studying for an Orgo 2 exam, and we were all just dreading our lives, obviously, but we out of that came, like, this huge study group, and, like, a lot of people that I still talk to, including her, so it was a blessing in disguise. Oh, man. Orgo? Jeez. <laughs> don't miss that. We don't miss that. Don't miss that. However, <laughs> like, we just, like, that was a terrible class. Um, our, our teacher was so old. Um, do you remember when he accidentally posted the, like, grades online? Yeah, he posted everyone's grades publicly. He, this man is old. He was, like, I think they forced him to retire. They, like, paid him to retire. But anyway, this man, um... Yeah, I don't know if he still works there, but no, we I all mean, became really close friends, like, we basically had a fan club right. for our TA, like, there was, I don't know, there was so much, like, community in that class, I really miss it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great time. 
Small cap. No one wants to go back to fucking Orgo. I love how Alina's the only one that told this story. <laughs> Just to make sure that there's no <laughs> hidden information that came out. From like, well, it's a real fact. Yes. No, I don't, I don't have any, like, secret tea for you guys. That's, that's pretty much what happened. It's like bonding <laughs> through struggle, so. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's that's how a lot of friends were made at Marquette. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, definitely. Alina pretty much covered it all. Um, and from that, we, a beautiful uh, friendship blossomed from that. So. Yes. And like out of that terrible class, we came out even better. Because like us two, we will eventually be healthcare professionals. So, That's very true. Yes. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Yes. All of our frontline workers, <laughs> our essential workers. I don't know. Lena's gonna give me free uh, eye checkups every year. So I mean, I just want that 2020 vision. That's what we're you, trying to work on for 2020. Really is to get that eye checkup. Oh, what do you call it? Called <laughs> it an eye hey. checkup, like an eye exam. Yeah. Oh, I would have said checkup. What? <laughs> yeah, right. right. What's you? Fuck you. Fuck your shit. You can keep on my. You can keep my fucking insurance. You know what? I, you I'm not gonna go to you anymore. I thought I was gonna get free eye checkup. What? Nah, nah, bro. I see 2020. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to work on that, but... Yeah, I was, you know, to this point, I was convinced that Alina's my... Like, Alina's my girl if I want to go to the... Like, yeah, my night checkup done, but... Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Call, we call it an You just lost yourself business, all right? You lost my insurance. That's what you just lost. All that, you know, all that extra extra money that you would have gotten. Good luck right. paying oh, that New thank York you. rent. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't remind Yikes. me. Check it. Oh, you get a real topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all love. I swear, it's all love. It's all love. Always. Do we yes, want to get right to it though right today to for this? Topic? I know we've done a lot of small talk. We're done with Nalina's boofu ass stories, so I think we can get right into what we actually want to talk about today. Let's get into it. Yeah. I mean, we did kind of address this topic last week a little bit, but as we said, that we want. Uh, we want to be more articulate on it, uh, just like have our thoughts a bit more organized, so that we can actually speak on this and get our like clear, rep- like well, clear interpretation, representation yeah. out. So both, I would say both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, uh, so our topic this week is this race and racism in America. Uh, what we've sort of like seen in our lives. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on right now, so we also thought it would be like really cool to get someone else's perspective on it as well. So. Yeah, do you guys have anything else to add on uh, top of we that? Just, like we said last week, we wanted to get another perspective on it. Because obviously we've seen it manifested in our own communities in multiple ways. But we don't have that full scale like exposure to it that other people might, right? So we wanted to have a different opinion. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Should we get to it then? Yes. So is there yeah. anything we want to ask Lola to start off? Um, I mean, do we want to go first? Like a general overthought, like you know, I mean, Lola. Obviously, I'm I'm sure we all know what's been happening. We we like we addressed this in our um podcast last week about like what we saw happening, like what we uh like not even like what's happening in terms of like a concrete uh viewpoint, but also like how we see it being interpreted on like social media and all that, and like you know any like shortcomings we see any like not even I don't want to say exaggeration, just like you know people are quick to form opinions without. Uh, I guess, like, getting all the facts and all that. Have you, like, seen any of this? Like, any thoughts on, like, what you've seen in the last, like, three weeks um, about what's been happening? Well, 
you know, it's been a lot uh, as mm-hmm. an African-American individual in mm-hmm. this country. It has been quite overwhelming in these past few weeks because um, this is nothing new, really, that mm-hmm. we're experiencing. It's more so um, like a Coke bottle that you've shaken and the top has been taken off. So finally, things are spilling over. Um But everything on social media, I feel like it's very important in terms of um, educating ourselves about what's going on and, you know, staying up to date with everything that is going on. But also at the same time, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And if you want to form your own opinions, then you should take it upon yourself to do more research. Um, rather than taking what you see on social media as what it is. Um, Because I think that's the issue with a lot of things is that, okay, well, I saw this, I see this looting going on, or this happens here, whatever. But at the same time, like, if we aren't um, doing our research and doing what we need to do to, you know, really understand what is the root of a lot of these problems that we're seeing, then, you know, we're remaining stagnant. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I honestly, honestly believe that um, social media is like one of the most powerful forms of activism. So as long as we are utilizing it, you know, in the best way that we can, then it, it really can propel movements forward. But again, it's so easy to get caught up in these conversations and fighting back and forth you know, through a computer and it's, it can become very exhausting if you're not giving yourself these breaks from everything that is going on. Um, right. But it's really, it's, it's a lot. What, I mean, what do you guys think about social media? Like how have you personally responded to everything that is going on or how have you utilized social media to, you know, become more aware of everything? So I kind of touched on this last week. I feel like it has opened my eyes to a lot of things that I did not know were going on and ways that I could help that I was not aware of. So that was like a big plus. And I felt really good because people responding to my story at a point saying, oh, hey, thanks for sharing this. You never really, you really underestimate how much power you do have on social media um, because you, it does go a long way. Like you can inform someone and teach them something that they did not know before because obviously education is so key right now. Um, yeah, that's my spiel. What did you guys think? Um, for me, I that's actually one of the questions I kind of want to portray to everyone too, but you kind of covered it in the sense like, for me specifically, I wanted to get from your input, like um, like with social media, like do we, like how do you guys value that? Because I know I'm, based on what you're saying, you obviously you're saying that it's like a huge powerful thing and I totally agree. But for me like, specifically, like I don't know if I equate like, posting something or posting like a flyer posting you know any form of like you know um like you know of like educational agenda or whatever that on like social media is to like equating to someone who's like fully showing their support and doing all that extra stuff i don't know why for some reason i don't like i don't see it being the same because like a lot of people will comment sometimes if you do post about a flyer do you post on something and like people will comment and like scrutinize you maybe not knowing enough about it or like do you really support it because some people will question like do you really support what you're posting like how much do you really know about that stuff? And, like, for me, I think maybe it's because the people that have said that to me before when I had posted it, that kind of, like, hindered me or kind of, like, you know, uh, discouraged me from, like, posting something just because people think, I guess, I'm not fully supporting it. And I've, eventually to this day now, I feel like whatever I do post, it's usually going to be something that 
I completely align with or like if I'm not posting that doesn't completely mean that I like I'm not trying to you know make the extra effort of doing you know specific things to support the movement like again I think that's just because personally with my experience people have scrutinized me and like scrutinized people before and I just see it as do, do is it like the same thing like if I'm not posting on social media like are we not supporting it am I not supporting like because I know there are some people who don't post at all and we don't know if like you know what is their opinion on things but I mean, does it mean if you're not posting on social media, you don't have an opinion and you're not supporting the specific movement or supporting any movement per se? Like, I don't know. That's a question to you guys. First. I mean, that was just my take on it, my experience on it. But I don't know if you guys have yeah. any reactions to that. Like, so basically what, what he's saying is, like, do you think there's such a thing I mean, as too much or too little or, like, ill-intentioned or well-intentioned? Like, who's to say? I think, I mean, it just seems like you're almost focusing on (laughs) being scrutinized rather than internally, like how much do you believe in this cause? And it's like, if you do believe that social media is a good platform, um, then you should utilize that. However, if social media is not the way for you, I mean, there are many people who don't really use social media, then there are other ways to support these communities. You can sign petitions, Mm -hmm. you can call um, police chiefs, you can call the attorney generals, you can send emails, you can attend protests. It's not that social media is the end all be all, but it's like, it's it's just one, you know, part of the formula Mm -hmm. um, to lead to any sort of change. Right. I completely agree. I think, again, I was just speaking on personal experience because, um, like, I know if someone can question, like, you know, how much support are you providing if you're quiet, per se, but, like, I just feel like, you know, to some degree, yeah, like, obviously there are different ways to go and support. It doesn't have to be posting on social media. Like, I just feel like some people, I guess our generation specifically, I guess some people, like, value that to a certain, like, put it on a huge pedestal, which is fine to a certain degree, but you can't just assume, I guess, like, I've heard people say, like, just because you're not posting on social media, you're not doing this, like, you're not supporting. Because there are obviously things that we can do to support without, you know, posting on social media, which you stated before. And I just think, like, for me, again, like, I, I'm not, like, always posting every day or something, you know. Again, whatever I do post is something, like, I really, really consider, like, that people should watch this video or something or something that hasn't been shown before. Like, again, I don't know, that could, again, just be me. But, like, for some reason, some things, like, I don't want to repost just because... Maybe it's already been, like, the same thing. How much is it really, like, accomplishing that kind of thing? Questions and happens to pop in my head. And, like, it's not that I don't believe in the message. Just I just feel like maybe this has been posted enough times that maybe it has already been circulated. Maybe I want to find something new and something that's not been shown before. Or more than that, like, I something that I completely, like, know 100% about. Like, a lot of times I do repost more videos, per se, just because... For me, like videos do a, a tremendous amount, tremendous amount in terms of educating, informing, and giving like a full scope of things, and like gives the people a chance to like see do they align with it the most, like what is it, where is it coming from, and kind of just give a lot more thought provoking, you know, um, education or something like that. I don't know. Like for me, again, that's like how I've been going about it. Um, just again, this is my experience with it. I don't know, Keel, you haven't said anything, so I uh, know. I mean, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like <laughs> for me, actually, it's like it's the opposite of what you just said. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people that sort of need that sort of extra push to actually, like, I don't know, like, make a move or something here. So, for me, like, personally, if I, I think, I'll definitely say, like, at the start of all this, like, you know, there's so many, uh, there's so much information being thrown out there that you're just not sure um, what to take in, how to take that in. So, I know, especially, like, in the terms of, um, like, petitions to sign or, like, um, go fund me to donate to, there were so many at the start. So, for me, personally... If I saw one come up like enough times, I like 
I, obviously I'll do my research and like read it and all too. But if I saw one that was like getting a lot of attention, I think it was a very, very credible source at that point. So that's why I would be like, uh, I'd like, I mean, I'd be more likely to donate to something like that or even like share that so that other people can see it too. And when it comes to, like information being like reposted, like if you see it enough times throughout the day, I think that's awesome. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with people seeing the same thing every day because at that point, it's something that's going to stay in your mind, especially in like times like, I mean, I don't know if you guys have, like, if you guys can like agree with this, but in the last week, I've seen that activism go down mm-hmm. a lot. Like just because like there's no more sort of like violent sort of protests going on. I feel a lot of people have like cut down the amount of like stuff they used to post or something like that. And I, th- I think that's why it's like so important to actually like, you know, if, even if someone's seen it like a thousand times, make them see it a thousand and one times because like that a thousand and one time could get them to, you know, get back into it. Um, make sure to spread the education and like make sure everyone's like as informed as it should be and, you know, make them know, like want to continue to stay informed. Yeah. You guys know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the issue. I mean, it's, we've seen this time and time again. Um, we've seen multiple instances of police brutality and then following that were some protests, but then it's like, it dies down after that. So what we are trying to prevent is that dying down because this is not something that we can keep continuing to live with. I mean, we're very, very tired of everything that is going on. So to see that people aren't posting as much, it it gives you an idea that people, you know, it was, it was a fad to support Black Lives Matter, but like, this is something that we need to continue to support in our everyday lives. So, I, don't, I mean, there's so much that needs to happen in order for changes to occur. So we need to continue to have this momentum that we did once have on social media or through other methods of protesting. Um, but hopefully, I don't know. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on I think it was the- things dying down? Like, how can we prevent um, the momentum from slowing down? So <laughs> I saw a post today about, you know, when are things going to go back to normal? Because obviously this whole year has been a shit show from start to finish, right? Like, Kobe died. We are in a global yes. pandemic. Like, police brutality. This is like an ongoing thing, obviously. It's nothing new, like you said. So people are asking, like, when is this when you're going to get better? When will it ever stop? But the like, truth of the matter is we don't really want to go back to normal. 2020 is quite literally the year of clearer vision, you know, opening your eyes to some problems that were always literally right underneath our nose, but we weren't acting on it. So this, if anything, should be a reminder. And yes, it is uncomfortable and it sucks. This year is not the most ideal. But like you said, that should be, that discomfort should be momentum to come out even better and just overall like stronger at the end of all of this that's a good point yeah yeah it was a wake-up yeah. call right like more than anything like yeah. like you said these are ongoing issues and uh like lola what you said like this has been happening for a while and it like you know there are a series of like protests or just some sort of like again activism done for like for some time afterwards but like i saw the saddest thing today actually it was so like discouraging to read that someone called this a sort of like a viral trend that people want to be part of it was like this was a trend last week that people i mean and but it's not necessarily untrue either because like you did see like you know when everyone was like you know on social media talking about you know this is what you can donate to or that's what you can donate to like 
that was awesome to see and it was so cool to see people get involved and like share their thoughts and everything too but you know now that it's like sort of dying down it, it it is like you know those people that were like maybe vocal before they aren't anymore and it's like so upsetting to see someone call it a viral trend in that sense because they're not even wrong at that point but yeah like you know like you said it's it's a kind of like an uncomfortable time i guess but we need to be uncomfortable to actually like make some changes here and like get to a spot where we can all be comfortable mm-hmm. in a sense so yeah normalcy has definitely changed it and yeah. you know we're talking about like we don't want to go back to normal and like obviously that normal wasn't really normal and that should have never been like a sense of normalcy um i don't like obviously we're talking about like the systemic racism issues and then we can even talk about coronavirus that pandemic itself was also a wake-up call in terms of how we have been flawed in Absolutely. our healthcare system and how our like government officials are handling it. they're not handling it the most appropriate way and like this is something like I've always heard Bill Gates talk about. He's been predicting something like this for the past like decade or so because we're always talking about when is that next pandemic happen and how have we been preparing for it? And like this is another another issue that we've just been brushing aside like how we've been able to handle certain things and how we're handling, you know, our, our like healthcare, you know, you know, um just like the how, what am I trying to say? How to basically run how our health industry healthcare industry is currently running and how can we can deal with the next epidemic, right? Like this has happened before and like we never took it seriously enough to you know instill the right protocols and instill the right like way to you know handle the situation like let's forget about our government officials like even obviously like the people that are governed like our citizens of the u.s obviously don't understand like the severity of the situation and they're so set up on you know becoming comfortable right i mean now is the time where we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because all these uncomfortable issues are coming out we're becoming that's a normalcy is so the normalcy has now become being uncomfortable which is fine because how do you get back to that normalcy? How do you create that you new grow. normalcy, right? Yeah, that's the only way you can change for the better. Um, and, like, this goes back to, again, we're just brushing things aside. And, like, how you brought, Lola brought the analogy of, like, shaking that, you know, the the Coke bottle. And that's exactly what's happened because we're letting bottling up all those things. And now it's all it's coming out. Same thing with racism. Now we have the same thing with the, the pandemic. So, again, like, again, this is a wake-up call. So let's actually sit down and, like, spend how much ever time it takes to really solve it right like don't brush it to the side and it's fine if it takes for however long but at least we're working on you know solving the issue at hand and making sure that it's more of a prevention right you want to make sure it's a prevention type of a thing for not only the pandemic but even racism as well right these are literally going hand in hand in terms of that because everyone's well-being everyone's health and their lifestyles are being affected by both which is crazy to say that you're talking about one is a virus but you're talking about like a mannerism which is crazy that we can equate both and how much they've affecting people's lives but definitely a huge wake-up call if i could like you know resound that's a resounding yes for me the yes it's a yeah. huge wake-up call like the, um, the wake-up calls are especially like awesome to see like you know we finally had some sort of like concrete changes in the last week you know like seeing um minneapolis actually disband their um police department i know it's not like we're, we're just getting the start of it um i know there has been like major progress but i think like it, it's been awesome to see like how now that you know we're taking a different sort of approach to this it's like i think it's awesome to see actually like people actually make a change to some degree yeah i i like i don't know if you guys saw this i don't know if this is true or not but i saw on instagram like one of the officers charged with george floyd's death was like got he got bail because he was able to yeah. raise enough for the donations or something a like million dollars. i don't know if that was so if that i mean that's already mind-boggling when i read that so like that's another exact reason why like this viral trend shouldn't be a thing. We should continue, obviously, to continue to advocate because clearly there are so many things that are going to keep happening as such as you've seen before that the police officer was able to make bail. And, like, people... What's even mind-blowing to me is people donated to that cause for him to be 
uh, posting bail. That's just just as crazy to me. But again, like, see, we're seeing stuff like that happen. That's another reason why we can't stop advocating. We can't stop. We can't stop spreading the awareness and pushing for this. So obviously, you can't stop here. And the sad part too is that there are so many cases of police brutality that we can go back to. And I, I know another one that we're going back to is Breonna Floyd. So um, we can, we can go to Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Sorry, my bad. Excuse me, Breonna Taylor. I know I said Floyd, but Breonna Taylor was another case that we're coming back to. And the fact that it was never dealt with properly is another sad thing about that. But there are so many cases that we can go back to and advocate for, which is like a good thing and a bad thing in terms of we can always we can continue to advocate. There's something to always talk about, but. There's just obviously another reason why we should continue to do this, you know, because, like, obviously there's more cases that we can try to f have some kind of a resolution towards. But, I mean, obviously we want to run throughout it. When we're done with cases, it doesn't mean that we should stop advocating about police brutality because we obviously wanted to eradicate that type of a thing. If we can do the same thing with polio, why can't we do the same thing with racism in that sense? We would eradicate something. We put all the efforts towards it. Why not do it the same way? They reopened that case, too, right? I, yeah. I, I heard. I uh, thought they did, yeah. Breonna Taylor's, mm -hmm. they actually reopened it? It's not really an issue about bad apples amongst the good apples, but rather it's an institutional thing that needs to be addressed in the origin and the root of all evil. Um, honestly, we have to look at where policing even came about, which was um, to catch slaves. I mean, this was never intended really to make communities well. It was never intended... Um, to focus on accountability or diversity or community relations, but rather to perpetuate this system of oppression onto uh, these communities, often communities of color. Um, and the thing is, the police department is often, you know, called to address issues um, such as like mental health checks, um, for petty crimes, really. And it's like, the police should not be seen as a one size fits all. Instead, you know, there should be uh, maybe like a mental health um, specialized, like community-based solutions, or maybe we should like fund violence intervention systems. Like there are many things that can be put in place rather than having the police uh, address all of these ills within a community. Yeah, I didn't even know about the origin of. Yeah, neither did that. I. That was I did not. Great, know that, that was some great stuff actually. I didn't even know. I did not know stuff like that actually. Um, I mean, yeah. See, like see, important information like that honestly would change a lot of people's opinion on like police brutality itself too. Because like now you're seeing that where it's coming from and how it's kind of progressed and like how it's you know modified in terms of that and. As we and we can obviously change the narrative on that, we have the ability to, and like the government can change the narrative on that. It's just the fact that they're just giving into almost like that stereotype or giving into like what it originally was, like basically came up about as. So like that's just unfortunate. Like we, the, the the narrative hasn't changed at all. Really, it's like it's almost still saying the same thing to at the end of the day, and which I think is really that unfortunate. People continue to um, focus on like okay, well if the, we hear a lot about defunding the police, and I think there's a lot of confusion around that movement because a lot of people are like why would we defund the police why would we abolish the police like who is going to respond to these crimes but also at the same time we have to look at the numbers um i really i recently just saw a post that the nypd mm -hmm. they're receiving a budget of 
Oh my god! I believe it was I, like, eight billion. Yeah, billion I think it was six. Eight billion. Six billion or eight billion eight. dollars, and it's what? Like, like, for what reason? Because yeah, I remember like, reading this, I was like what, what do you need, do you need that, that for? Exactly. Um, what do you need? Meanwhile, that? again, you have public schools that are suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you know, you have teachers protesting. <laughs> You're not paying them enough. These children are not you know, receiving adequate education. So it's like, how do we address those discrepancies? Like, let's take some of that money from the police department budget and put it into the communities. Right. Yeah. I mean, they talk about, like, we don't have enough money. Come up a little. We talk about not having enough money, like, um, I mean, that excuse that always comes about not having enough money for, like, school funding. No, we do have the money. It's just not being allocated properly at all it's just the fact that they're talking about oh we don't have money for this no you do i mean we talk about even our military funding too like that that is just out the door and like we don't have enough sometimes for the healthcare uh, healthcare funding as well and then even sometimes even with healthcare funding again that the allocation of it isn't going in the proper proper direction with it either so i mean like yeah i feel like a lot of people also need to be you know more clear and cut on what like when when we are saying stuff like defunding the police to be more clear on what exactly the intention is because a lot of times people are thinking like when again when we're protesting like uh black lives matter and stuff like that i know people are always assuming okay like why what about all lives and stuff like that people are failing to understand that obviously right now the marginalized communities are the ones that are being under oppression the most right now like it's no one no one in their right mind and especially people that are like u.s is and people that were born in this country are not going to protest the country that they live in in the terms of like well no they are protesting the country what i'm trying to say is like no one's not like no one like is not american you know what i mean no one wants this country to crumble we want to improve the country like that's the whole point of being also patriotic that aspect is that we want to improve the country and to protest certain things that's how you're going to seek those changes so we obviously want things to change and again like the fact that the people are just so quick to judge and so quick to be like okay you're not american you don't believe in the ideals like what do you mean us ourselves our ideals combined is what makes that those american ideals right it's not just one race that has their own specific ideals and that's the american dream or american ideal no like like, obviously, it's a culmination of everything. We are that melting pot that we've, like, used as an analogy, but it's the complete truth with that. So, I mean, again, like, we have to continuously always keep a clear narrative of what we mean when we say those things, but people are so quick to throw it in the negative direction, and it's never that case. Like, I think that's why it's super important that we have, to, I mean, I know we have a small podcast here, but I'm actually super glad that we have people, especially Lola, talking about these things and being more, like, you know, clear with what's going on and giving more, offering more information. And like, again, that's the whole point of this episode too, is just, you know, promote, give those, you know, thought provoking, have those thought provoking conversations and just provide the education that we need. Cause I mean, there are some people that just don't know. So, I mean, that's the whole point with this is that we just want people to be informed and obviously people who are informed, hopefully will make the right decision if there is a right decision. But I feel like when you have all the clear cut information, there's no way that you can go, you can make the wrong decision per se. Um, uh, so you kind of like uh, you brought up how like people get the wrong idea from this too. Like they they think it's like un-American in a sense. Yeah, like, I, I know Alina had like a really good quote can I, about. Yeah, can yeah, I hit yeah, you yeah, with please. that quote? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what It was racism. <laughs> racism yeah, is so American quote. that when you protest, they think you are protesting America. And another one I liked was the American dream is the oh, yeah, African American nightmare. That one really struck me too. Oh my god! Wow, I didn't know I didn't hear that second one before. Actually, wow. You know what? Like, so I mean, um, for 
in the, in the past week, like we have, we've obviously seen like a lot of like celebrities like um share their uh like their views on everything on this, right? And it blew my mind. Like something I heard last week. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Drew Brees and what he mm-hmm. said Goat. recently. Uh, Drew Brees is my favorite player. For, for those of you guys who don't know, Drew Brees basically came wait, wait, out and wait, said Akil. that. I think he got I mean, cut he, off. You know, the word. <laughs> that one we heard. Yeah. Okay, so did it lag for you too? Or did I? How much? Yeah. Okay, so That's maybe, Akil, could you start with like what you said? Like, oh, I oh, don't know if you yeah. heard last week. Just start there. Drew Brees. Yeah. Okay, because you got cut off. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. You mean to go up. Newbies, and then you say what the quote was. But say who he is, like football player. And then, oh yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Um. Let me start now. Um, I don't know if you guys heard uh, last week, but uh, so my favorite football player of all time, Drew Brees, came out and said honestly, like something that just like broke my heart in a sense, because like this is a guy that I always thought like you know did so much for the community and all that. Um. So Drew Brees sort of like mixed up what's going on here, I think, and he just like. It, it, the worst part is he actually, so he actually went and posted some, like, um, he posted that black square, which, were, were, like, everyone was posting last week. And then the next day, he comes out and says that he doesn't support um, kneeling, or, like, what Colin Kaepernick was basically doing, like, kneeling before the football games during the national anthem, because he thought it was disrespectful to the American flag. And for me to hear that, it was like, I, I was just surprised by how misinformed he was as to like what this movement is all about like Colin Kaepernick was not protesting the American flag he was just pro- like protesting the practices that go around like the, I mean the, the world we live in right now um and uh I actually I mean I did want to get your guys's opinion on this you know he had, I don't know if you guys heard this part too but the day after he actually came out and said like he apologized he said that he was misinformed and that a lot of his teammates actually came out and like told him like this is where you're wrong uh this is what, what's like really happening right now and you like you can choose to be supportive or not but this is like you need to be informed on all this so i i don't know like i don't know where my thoughts st- like i don't know where my opinion stands right now mm-hmm. on, on what i think about him like for someone who was like you know misinformed went and spoke on his misinformed opinions but then actually came out apologized and you know, stated like what he learned like is that something that we can, you know? I don't. I don't want to use the wrong word here. Uh, but the first word that's coming to my head right now is like forgive. I don't know. For me, really quick before any of you say anything, I was, I was really short. I just, I just was just appalled because like again, he plays for the New Orleans Saints and he's been in that organization for ten plus years and he plays for a community that is was highly like this pretty prevalent of African American population. So how can an individual like that be misinformed? That is just I don't understand yeah. how that's possible when your community and people that support you are coming from the oppressed the marginalized community. I don't know how you can be misinformed and that can come again from maybe his privilege that he thinks he has and I don't want to speak on him and for that behalf. But again that just mind boggles to me because um I mean I'm like a kill too. I like I love him so I love him as a player. I love him who as he is. He has a great morals a huge family guy like he is a great human being. For him to be misinformed, it's just, I don't believe in that. I don't know how you can. Um, and, yeah. like, I don't know. How, I, forgiving is that one word. I mean, I just don't know how you can be misinformed. That's all I have to say about that. But whatever you guys, please go ahead what you guys want to say. Forgiving, let, let me say this, too. Forgiving was the wrong word. I think in this case, I'd be, it'd be more accurate of me to use uh, the word sure. justify himself mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, 
it's i think he like also me. mentioned uh something about you know how his grandfathers uh served in world war Two, and that's why you know people shouldn't disrespect the flag um just in the effort to be considerate of the sacrifices that they made but i think what he's ignoring is that you know it wasn't only it wasn't only his grandfathers that were serving it wasn't only his grandfathers that were making sacrifices in fact there were black people that were also fighting for freedom fighting for their country's freedom but at the same time when they returned home from this foreign land they weren't afforded the same freedom that their white counterparts were so it's like you have to understand everything that is going on around these issues and i really just feel like this comment on the flag was just like just horrible timing at the same at the same time because it's like we are discussing George Floyd. We're discussing systemic racism. We are not discussing kneeling <laughs> right now. Um, but at the same time, like I just don't understand. Like you mentioned, how can you be so misinformed being surrounded by your Black, black teammates on a daily basis? Like what wasn't clicking mm-hmm. <laughs> in your head is my question. Like what does it take to be so blind to everything that is going on and again like it was already mentioned to be in new orleans it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense to me and i don't really see that his comments were justified and i i understand the effort that he's been making in order to um to show that he's really considering everybody else's input but at the same time this kind of you know feels performative you know he was called out for it so now he's trying to save himself yeah but what are your opinions on that i agree i also think he was trying to save mm-hmm. himself he should have just read the room and like seen like you know think about your audience like you are revered and loved by so many people um but like like the nfl has not been very forgiving of people who have done things that are anti-patriotic air quotes anti-patriotic right. um i it blows my mind that colin kaepernick is still out of a job that makes me really upset but you know drew Brees, he's so loved he's like an american football quarterback you know um and then i feel like what trump said like right after he i feel like trump was also kind of like trying to buff up his own reputation and seem a little more relatable and like more american by like tweeting breeze and being like i really appreciate what drew Brees said so drew Brees probably saw that and was like oh fuck like now the president is endorsing me but um you know that kind of placed him in a weird position but also you have to remember that trump like thought that the kansas city chiefs played in the great state of kansas so that's how american trump is like that's how stupid he is so like it's his endorsement really anything it means nothing oh so yeah it was just a big yikes for drew Brees because one he already you know said something incredibly misinformed but at least he made up for it and was like hey like i know now that i play for new orleans like I'm representing representing this group of people and people expect this much from me. So that's like the bare minimum I can give. So I'm glad he came out like after talking to his teammates and, you know, fixed that mistake. But, you know, from here on out, I hope that he knows better than to make comments like that. And everybody else. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that video? Though? Like the video he released? Oh, I, to say, sorry. I didn't see a video. I didn't see the video actually. He posted a video on Instagram, and um, yeah, you know the uh, I don't know I I forget who said it, but one of you said how the measures were sort of yeah. performative in a in a sense, and 
I swear, when he came out and, like, posted that video, and this video, by the way, this video came after a statement, so he, he already had a written statement, and then he posted this video, and I swear, like, in the first, like, 10 seconds of that video, he said something along the lines of, I hope you guys see in my eyes how sad I am mm-hmm. about what I said, or how hurt I am about, like, what I said, and it's just like, I, I don't know, the whole, again, this is my favorite player of all time but it's just like i seeing this it just felt so i don't want to use the word fake because you know i can't speak for him but at the same time it did feel like you know he's a celebrity he has a platform to sort of like again air quotes uh justify himself in whatever measure necessary so yeah it, it does feel very performative on his end to actually come out and say all that too he and uh what you guys mentioned about trump saying like oh i like i appreciate what drew Brees said Breeze actually oh. uh, replied to that too. He actually said something about he, yeah, he uh he actually released his whole um statement to uh address the Trump talking about how we need to do more as uh members of the white community and like try to I, I guess sort of like uh reduce the discrepancies that we see every single day. But yeah, again, I don't know. It's just it it does feel like very like I'm trying to fix what I did, so that's why I'm yeah. saying what I'm saying right exactly. now. Yeah, sort of thing. The situation. I mean, what? I, was, I mean, there is no other way we can go about this in terms of accepting, but accepting forgiveness again, air quotes with that. But like, again, we just need to hold people accountable. Then I'm, I'm so glad that his teammates held him accountable. Oh yeah. People are so. I mean, many of the players, the many occasions it happens where they're not going to hold a quarterback accountable, like hold him accountable because that person is the quarterback of the quarterback. They have a lot more, you know, image. They have so much more of a name. Their like livelihood is based on the quarterback throwing down the ball and stuff like that. That does I know it seems like really childish, but that is a lot of times what goes on in these players' minds because they have like their livelihood to be thinking about. But not many times does the quarterback get held accountable. So I'm really happy that the players did say something. Um, don't have to accept his apology, but he just needs to know again what he said was wrong. That's what it's coming down to. So he can change his behavior in the future and then also advocate for his fellow fellow friends that are white and other quarterbacks too so they're just informed like the same mistakes can't be happening and it the fact that that many people with such stature just continue to say the stupidest things that are just misinformed too like i just don't understand that right like if you're in that much of stature don't you can't say that i I would never want to say that you were misinformed especially in his situation so again holding people accountable is the only thing that we can do forget about accept accepting or keeping him justified just just to know that he did it wrong that's the big thing that should come out with it every time but again how many times is that same mistake being made that's what's in question but yeah i don't know just all that effort in tweeting about something you should focus on let's let's start with find the solution let's stop talking about the problem like that's a, a, any problem right forget about talking about the problem yeah. find the solutions label that solution and obviously awareness is a part of it but yeah. it makes no sense why people with like the elitist in our society just say stuff like that and then just add more fuel to the fire type of things but well, do we have any questions for each other yeah. is there another question that we wanted to kind of questions know, for us lola if you have any us, or you guys um, anything else yeah, yeah you can go both yeah. ways <laughs> put the spotlight on me huh um i guess <laughs> well, I mean, what have also, you guys personally done um ever since everything started happening like what have you done to help the black community who wants to start <laughs> who okay. wants to go first i'll go i'll, I'll go. Okay, for me personally, I feel like I'm starting to have more conversations in my home. I feel like that's, like, the biggest thing that I can do personally, just because, like, I am in a very traditional Indian family, and, you know, my parents growing up, they didn't have to deal with people of other races. Like, I think 
just colorism in general like even though it's not like racism specifically but just colorism and like being kind of biased towards people with a darker skin tone that is so deep rooted in indian culture and i feel like it'll always be that way i like i wish it wasn't the case but um that is something i've had to deal with you know like people like aunties at church they're all like oh lena you have such a fair complexion oh like boys are probably all over you that kind of bullshit i hear all the time i am sick of it and then if i go outside for like a day it's like oh you're so tan now what happened you know i hate hearing that shit so <coughs> oh fuck i choked <coughs> we we need to like <laughs> we need to cut yeah, we- we're not taking that out we're We're cutting that part out anyway (laughs) anyway um yeah but i'm so sick and tired of hearing that shit but it's not just my household where this is like an issue it's like like several like you know south asian households that have this mentality um but yeah i i just felt like there was so much i could do as a daughter you know as um a daughter of like immigrant parents like i felt like i could make a lot of like a lasting impact in my household just like having those conversations like why do you feel that way like do you realize that that's outdated because indian parents they literally they send you off to college they you know want you to be more educated and more successful than they ever were and then they get mad when you become educated and successful and challenge their outdated beliefs like isn't this what you wanted like it's literally what you manifested so how are you mad at me right now for being more woke and more tolerant than you ever were like that doesn't quite like add up to me so it's like you asked for this <laughs> yeah exactly it's literally like this is your doing mm-hmm. i mean i feel like to them though like you becoming more uh and you and the same words you used woke and tolerant this applies to like academics and academics only like yeah. it was like social changes i don't think I mean, I, I can definitely say, like, you know, in, like, my family, too, obviously, there's, like, sort of, like, bias towards, like, you know, b- bias or just, like, preconceived notions off of just, like, stereotypes about right. many different things. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can definitely agree, you know, that's something that I've been doing, too, where, like, if I see there's some sort of, like, misinformed opinion going on in my family, I will be quick to point it out. And more often than not, that does lead to some sort of, like, disagreements and maybe with some, like, heated ones, too. but it's like it, it, that's that's what you got to do, right? That you got to have those sort of uncomfortable con- like com- uh, conversations to actually get someone to shift their going past like just uh, the the conversations too. You know, like we talked about at the start of this episode, um, there's been so many like places to donate to, so many petitions you can sign or emails you can send. Even I think it, it was the coolest thing to see those emails that you can just like click a link on and it has mm-hmm. an email just written out for you mm-hmm. which uh they don't do those if you're going to do one of those write out an actual email because a lot of these uh emails just go to like some sort of like yep. pre-designated folder and just get delete deleted if you're covering the same sort of like subject the same like message something like that so write your own emails uh does not take long so uh yeah but you know just stuff like that i think that's something i've been doing i'm and i'm still trying to get more you know educated on like what else can i do uh as of right now i don't think i'm in a position to like you know go to protests and all this because like i know my family uh is not really comfortable with me going and not in the sense of like just because of the message but also like with the whole virus situation they are a little like weary of me going out so that's why i 
haven't gone to one yet, but I would love to go in the future if like there's ever some sort of opportunity like this. Even in the, I, I hope there's more in the near future. Hoping that's like this doesn't like just like fizzle out mm-hmm. soon, you know? Yeah. Oh, me, my like my kind of support has been also a combination of both of what Alina and Akil have said. Um, again, being from a South Asian household, we do have a lot of things that need to be talked with our parents. Um, and for my parents, it was never like a question about because the, they're human beings. They understand with the George Floyd case that anybody can say that was fucking wrong. I think it's the most blatant thing that you could see what the officer was doing was blatant, just complete wrong. I think where they have, where I see the disconnect between at least my parents is sometimes they're not understanding the message between the protesting and the looting aspect. I guess that with that association, they kind of see it as a wrong thing. They're, then they start to like say like negative things in terms of like what's the point of protesting and then like you know downplaying that but i don't blame my parents because they don't know the full history of the u.s which is another reason why i feel like they don't understand what the systemic racism is i think they have to understand really where did it originate from um and there's still a lot of stuff that us like me myself that's still need to learn more about but again i i hold them i just hopefully they get more informed in terms of that and again that's the whole point of why like me and my sister have those talks with them and so we can inform them and like have the patience to talk to them and have that proper dialogue with them and then because obviously like i would hate for them to hear it from somebody who's a stranger having to yell say something because i don't want them to say something wrong either and again they're just misinformed and my hope is that again we can inform them and the best way possible and then it's coming it's coming from a dialogue from their daughter or son you know yeah. and we can provide and make sure it's a more safe environment because again there are people that are very aggressive and they want to say things and it could hurt someone and it could become something crazy it can be like you know things get crazy and out of hand in public sometimes but again that's another thing that i've seen a lot happen with these couple of weeks and then with the donations the petitions i've done so I donated to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And I donated to George Floyd's uh, a funeral GoFundMe. Um, I signed a couple of petitions. The biggest one was the one that was created by Color of Change. I, I definitely signed to that one. Yeah. Um, in terms of those, I didn't do anything more beyond that. But for me specifically, my situation. Uh, so I'm on. Uh, I'm a vice president of internal affairs of the National Council of my like fraternity. So a huge thing that I've been trying to implement now is. So this is between me. I'm sure. All, actually, I'm sure all of us are aware of this. But like within the South Asian community, a lot of like guys particularly like to say the n-word a lot and that's a huge thing i've been seeing within my own fraternity which is really unfortunate and it's not even just my fraternity actually it's just a whole south asian community thing so i've taken like as many measures of trying to reach out to a lot of speakers on allyship and anti-blackness like you know talks of trying to create you know honestly not even just a talk but like a required virtual webinar type of a thing a seminar to do almost every month or not every month every semester um specifically now i really wanted to make sure it's something that we can do for our whole like of all our chapters across the u.s so i'm actually working currently on talking to a couple of people someone specifically is actually nina davaluri um i don't know if you the she's um past uh miss yeah. miss Univ- or miss usa sorry so she gives a lot of talks on that too yeah. um i haven't got a response with her because she's like super up there but like i've been talking to other people and i actually have a couple calls lined up with people that openly talk about this and that can really help help our like fraternity kind of you know d- disintegrate that kind of like mannerism because that's not even just within our fraternity it's with within our south asian community and that's a huge thing that our south asian community like you know advocates have been talking about in recent past couple of weeks and that's something i want to implement within my fraternities have those required training sessions and required you know um talks so that people kind of like have an idea especially from someone who's south asian which is a huge thing um because i know like Obviously, I'd also like to hear from from an Af- from an African American advocate and speaker, 
But I think it would even go the extra length if it was someone who's South Asian talking about that topic and how that is also that is completely wrong. I feel like that can go the extra mile. And that's what I've been working on in terms of that is to make that a requirement within our fraternity because it is a super normalized behavior, which is really unfortunate. But that is something we can definitely like find find a solution towards. And that just starts with these uncomfortable you know, conversations that hold more people accountable. Um, and it starts with people in power, right? Because there's only some people, there's only certain select few people within my fraternity that can implement that change, and that's our responsibility to do things like that is to make it a, a generalized thing within our fraternity itself. So I'm hoping that I can have, actually have like a, a virtual training session on allyship and anti-blackness, like the talks on that, and a virtual training session specifically on racial injustice um, within the near future. So I'm hopefully I can actually have that implemented, and that might be even open to up to the public um, within our South Asian community or anybody really. But again, my like biggest environment has been with south asian people so hopefully that can become like, something that we can do and hopefully other fraternities south asian fraternities specifically can kind of learn from this because i know that's something yeah. that we we're trying to work I, on i completely agree with that Sid. and i feel like yeah. you know especially when it comes to saying the n-word you know especially you know during my time at marquette there have been so many people where i'm like you know a song comes on and mm-hmm. you can clearly hear them say the n-word yeah. and it's like some people who I might have actually been friends with, you know, yeah. I might approach them and say, like, well, you know, why are you saying this? Right. And I've been met with, you know, being defensive. It, you know, a lot of them have become very defensive. So I right. feel like, you know, if you're addressing this issue right. within your own community, so I feel like that people are it can be more receptive to others who share the same community than them rather than from you know me mm-hmm. saying you shouldn't be saying that word for some reason it bears more weight when right. you know if you're speaking to another person of south right. asian descent rather than an african-american which i don't really understand you know why that's the case and it's not only just if i were speaking to a south asian person no. or to you know it would also apply to like a, a white person if i were speaking to them i feel like you know, if white people speak yeah. to each other about why this is an issue, why they shouldn't be saying the N-word, then I feel, you know, that holds mm-hmm. greater weight. And, you know, maybe they'll actually stop saying it if they discuss mm-hmm. why it's wrong amongst each other rather right. <laughs> rather than hearing it from me, which I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's like, why is that? Like, why, why do people, you know, feel like they have such a hold over this word you know why Mm -hmm. do people want to say this word so bad I mean you are entitled to so many other things right Mm -hmm. and it's like when we try to claim something for ourselves they're like no well it it was in a song like why (laughs) why though just skip it (laughs) it's two syllables (laughs) like you can still sing the rest of the song I don't understand you know, if I am clearly voicing how disrespectful it is to me to hear you hear those words come from your mouth, then why should you still be pressed to say it? Right. Mhm. 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 Yeah, I I honestly have no like viable answer to that because it is it just makes no sense. There is no reason to do it. I all I can say is like people that do end up doing it. I think it's because it's become so a normalized behavior that for them, which is unfortunate because like. I think I've been around that like type of activity and type of like mannerism since like middle school on honestly like which is really shady to say but I think it's when during those formidable years that when you are growing up and you're seeing stuff like this people just think it's super okay because no one's holding them accountable too because I don't not many people do 
hold them accountable. Um, and that that doesn't mean it has to be like it doesn't have to be someone from that someone who's African American. It can be from anybody, right? That's the whole point with this is that anybody should be holding everyone should be holding each other accountable too. So I think that's another aspect is I'm not trying to say like oh, oh people held them accountable, this would have been fixed, but I'm sure there would be a better chance of it not hap- continuing to happen if people you know questioning their character and questioning why they're doing those type of things. And again, it should be coming from anybody. It shouldn't be it shouldn't have to come from you all the time, Lola. It should be coming from somebody else, just knowing that it's wrong for them to be saying that. And I think as known honestly i'm not even gonna lie a lot of people aren't questioning when they are saying that and like within our south asian community too which is a huge fault of ourselves is that we aren't questioning people when they are saying stuff like that and we just think it's okay or like since like we're not directly involved that we're not gonna we don't have a reason to say okay that was wrong like and you know check check them or you know stuff like that and that's something that we i want to kind of advocate on too more is to hold others in check you know i mean unfortunately like it took for something like this to happen more and more of these kind of combination of events to happen but at least like if it is now it's time to you know really eradicate i know eradicate's a really radical word but that should be the end Racism goal is to not even have that a possibility but it starts with our like yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and there's also like a mindset i mean i don't know if you guys can agree with this but there's also a mindset that i, I feel like some people have where like if they're saying that word they just think that like they can't stop or like yeah they they don't want to stop i mean maybe they don't want to stop but they, they also feel like they can't stop or it's just like they're too far in in a sense right and right. i don't think that's true at all either like it's like i mean i'll be honest like i feel like we all used to say it like a long time ago yeah. you know like yeah. it, it was like and it was so normalized in our area especially from naperville i feel like there's like yeah every single like brown guy from this area felt like you know that word yeah. was like ours to use like and i'll, I'll be the first reason. like admit it too like i used to say it too but yeah. you know at some point it's important to recognize what's going on just understand there's a mistake being made here and then not only fix that mistake but also try to help the others around you that are continuing mm-hmm. to make that mistake it's, yeah. it's again i think i said this last week but it starts with you exactly. and if, if not you then quote. who like who's <laughs> yeah. like with our specific situation too it's because like no chance in hell like if we're like a lot of brown people if they're not like especially brown people aren't like if our communities were not friends of you know african-americans then who else is going to question us right like if there are no other black people to say it then that means we have to be saying it to each other and hold, holding them accountable and i highly highly doubt like like it's fucked up but like i highly doubt someone who's brown is going to say that word in front of someone who's black there's no chance in hell and if they do i'm sure no, they'll we'll we'll say that in chat exactly point. so like that again that fear should always i mean the fear is not the it's right not word fear, but, yeah. yeah it shouldn't be a fear but like that mentality should be there regardless of them there or not so i mean who that we have to do it there's no one else that can do it especially because unfortunately i don't see many brown people that are, are friends with like more white people or more black people or with other you know communities that's just like that's just like the thing that's happening right now and hopefully that can change but obviously that's like the climate and what it is right now is a lot of brown people are friends with brown people but if brown people yep. are saying it no one's holding them accountable obviously yeah. that's not going to change right yep. it's just an obvious thing so especially we have to hold each other accountable i love the point that you brought no no go ahead go ahead <laughs> oh you're just gonna cut me off like that <laughs> <laughs> um no uh i was just gonna say i love the point about how you said it's two syllables because like i cannot tell you how many pe- how many times i've heard if it's in a song i should be able to say it like no yeah. dude it's, it's really not that important like it's yeah you know just get those two Let's syllables yeah. going on with two the song it's not, it's not that hard place that with just say friendo from now on there we go. Just say friendo. <laughs> friendo. It's not that yeah. hard. Friendo. Just say friendo. I like it. 
not have a point last year where we just said that we're going to re- replace that with like, I mean, Frendo is so much better. Now. I like Frendo. I remember when we did yeah. my friend. My friend. It was my friend. Two <laughs> syllables, and that's what we went oh. with. And it yeah. sounded disgusting. There was but you that know what? one day. It's I better. think it was like a, a New Year's <laughs> Eve party or something. Like, um, one of our friends was like, yeah, it's just, it's honestly a little funny if you replace, like, that word with my friend. It's like, I got all my friends in Paris. Like, if you put it in, like, just, like, a bunch of songs, it's honestly yeah. really funny. <laughs> Maybe you want the friends in Paris. That has to be the goal. Like, yeah, let's make some exactly. friends. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not hard. It's yeah. like it's, hey, yeah. that argument is so invalid at yeah. this point, and it's just like I, I it appalls me mm-hmm. to see how many people still use that. I I also think I don't know for some reason, but like. I, for some reason, I think a lot of people just think it's, like, cool or something. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. China, I know that's a, a shitty word to say. It doesn't make any no, sense. It's but true, yeah. it's the fact that people think it's cool and, like, if rappers are saying it, like, all the cool people that I'm adopting, like, things that I'm adopting from, like, I think people are trying to be rappers, so they think it's okay to say it and all that stuff. Or, like, I honestly have no idea. I can't even give a good reason. But I just know those are some of the reasons why. And they absolutely make no sense, though. Those are the, if Travis yeah, can't say it, why can't yeah. I say yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, this, like, like, makes people no... who are fighting the hardest to say it are the people who are fighting the least for our communities like that just doesn't make sense to me at all beautifully said i'm giving you snaps for that as south asians like what you were saying if not us like if not you then who right like if you don't hold your friends accountable if you don't hold your you know your brown parents accountable then who will especially when we as like south asian folk like we literally benefit from being you know perceived as a model minority at the expense of like black communities at the expense of latinx communities you know they literally like fought a war for us and that Mm -hmm. has allowed us to like coast through life like yes we are people of color but we've kind of coasted through life in comparison to those two communities right and i think of like I, i mean obviously like Sid and Lola can't relate, but me and Akil are the older siblings in our house, and I think of the fact that as an older sibling, you literally fight a war to make their life easier, and they don't really, like, appreciate you until later. They take that for granted, but I honestly think of, like, the Black community as our older siblings because they did all the hard work, right? The civil rights movement, that was all them, and because of that, our community was able to, you know, migrate to the states, get great jobs, and, like, have new beginnings in the USA and like we are perceived as that model minority now because of them but like we cannot forget about the oppression Mm. and the marginalization that they still face like after all of the work that they did do Mm -hmm. for us (laughs) and will continue to face (laughs) right exactly yeah yeah dude this kind of off topic but like I swear like we we said about uh, being like the older siblings and all it makes me so happy that I'm in a position where I can, like, sort of, like, help out my sister, uh, actually, like, you know, like, form some opinions, too, based on the information that I can give her. Like, I, I kid you not, in the last, like, I, I, like, I feel like in the last half a year, you know, she has come up to me so many times and just, like, sort of, like, ranted or just, like, you know, even, like, told me, like, hey, like, you know, this person said this today and it just like went so against like some of the things that like i believe in now so like even like and not just like racial issues either but you know issues in like the lgbtq community like it makes me so happy for her to actually like to see her like sort of stand up Mm -hmm. for like what's right now too and and this is like partly because like you know you and i 
sort of like are able to give give these sort of like opinions to our little siblings and just like shape them up to like i mean not shape them but like just like make them like ready for like what's about to come and how to go about that how to like actually help people out and sort of like guide their misinformed opinions too yeah i mean i am the younger sibling but i think yeah i mean it definitely could go both ways but even for me for me too specifically like i think it was the best too to see like i was able to have a discussion with my parents and kind of inform them too which is really cool like to see like all like the all the u.s history classes that i've taken all the history classes actually i see that like culminate and being able to relay that information to my parents too because obviously there are certain things they just aren't aware of and things that they don't know about and being able to inform them was really cool too and seeing and having a conversation and telling them this is what i've learned and something you should be extremely aware about so all these things that we're talking about are super like important in terms of educating everyone around us but it continues to be relayed but I don't know. We'll edit that out. <laughs> okay. Um, is it echoing for you no, guys, or I, I don't know okay. what's going? On. No. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> I'll figure it out. But I think, I mean, uh, the echo. I just, you know, I think it's a good point. I think it might be a good point to um, yeah, know, sort I, of like I, yeah. conclude. Uh, if I if I have to say anything to conclude, I, I I'm just gonna bring up my point again. Please use the word my friend instead of the n word in any songs that you continue to sing in the future or just any sort of like two syllable word that you may have shoot it our way we'll think about that 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i i prefer you say friendo i think you should make that a new trend friendo is also good. hashtag friendo every time so let's use that two syllable word um my like last parting message would also be um again yeah akila talked about if not you then who right that should be a huge thing that's the next thing that i want to talk about in terms of even specifically our south asian community and whatever community it should just hold yourself accountable hold people accountable and then also you inform others that is your responsibility especially with it share that knowledge and well we talk about sharing in like life as well so something you should be sharing is that knowledge and stuff that you should definitely that you know about definitely inform others and hold others accountable and we can get through this. This life, life that we're going, I mean, the year that we're living through now is super, super important, even though it's shitty in certain, you know, shitty in certain, like, you know, aspects. Like, this is something that is super important that we need to go through. And there is, a, like, there is a light, there's a brightness at the end of this tunnel that we can get there. And that starts with us ourselves. So please work on yourselves. Um, and again, the hope of this episode is just start these conversations and initiate these conversations with whoever it may be. It might be any of your friends, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your teachers, your parents, for us, our parents. So please initiate these conversations and hopefully you guys were able to learn something. Um, but yeah, that was my final words. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to speak too much again, but I, I just like, I want to go off of that just a little, like, you know, we're, what, what we're doing right now, it is shaping the next like 40, 50 years of our life. Yeah. Like, you know what we, have seen in the last like i mean I, i've been here for 23 years now so i've been on this earth 23 years <laughs> you know what i've seen in the last 23 years you know i don't i don't want to see that for the next like 23 30 40 years so like what we are doing right now is just contributing so much to like what yeah. we could see in the future i think like the generation after us the kids that we raise are going to be so much more like knowledgeable and just like um for lack of a better term woke in a sense as like you know how to go about things and i think that's awesome that you know what we're doing right now it's just we're just trying to shape a better future for like whoever we bring in later on yeah i would agree with the queue i agree um I you lovely ladies i you know we our hope is that next generation is a lot better off than we are you know because racism is not innate it's not genetic it's taught 
it's systemic, you know, it's something that's very, you know, embedded in our like American values, I guess. Um, and we need to change that mentality. It starts with us. So like we said, accountability is everything right now. Education is everything right now. Do what you can as an individual to, you know, have that conversation in your homes and your friend circles, you yourself, you can make such a huge impact, like without even realizing it. Um, and something we didn't really touch on is like, you know, color blindness. Like we didn't get to talk about that, but like, I personally, like, I don't agree with people that say, you know, I don't see color. I think you should see color. That's like the whole point. defeats the purpose, you know? So you should, you know, when you see someone, you should address like what they are. Um, and because of that, you're seeing what they've dealt with, their unique experiences and their background. And like, you know, like black people have been marginalized for so long and we should address that when we see other people of like, you know, that background. So like saying that you don't see color and just like saying that you see everyone exactly the same way, that's like ignorant. I feel like that we should try to shift that mentality. So um, yeah, so at this time, like educate, be a pillar of support, be an ally, be an advocate. So do what you can as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I agree with good. everybody um, with everything that yeah. you're saying. You know, Google is your best friend. <laughs> Honestly, Google. It, it always has been in college and now and always. Exactly. You know, we have access to so many research databases. We can use Google Scholar. Um, educate yourself is that's that's my main thing is educate yourself, educate your family, your friends. I mean, this has already been touched upon, but really, you know, watch these documentaries. It's not, you know, like movies like no. Help, which I noticed is trending on Netflix. And I'm like this. Do you think that this is educating you in some way? <laughs> Um, you know, watch the 13th or LA 92, inform yourself about what is going on and what has been happening. So you understand, you know, why we are in the position that we are today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think everything else has been touched upon. I I don't really have much else to add to you guys. Well, we want to say thank you for joining us. You joined us this week. Yeah. No, I love to be here. Really, I, I enjoy the band between you guys. <laughs> and we hope that you learned from us as much as you yeah, taught see, us I, today, I, too. And you taught me a lot as well. I found it really funny how at the start of this, I don't, well, I don't know if you remember, remember this, but like when we were talking, you said you guys are funny. And I feel like that was our regular conversation. That's what we're going that's for. We like, you know, deciding <laughs> to do it. this at all. We're just trying to show our mastery outside yeah. our private lives. I mean, even though we're headasses, we can be woke. That's with anybody. If you can still be well, you can still have these funny conversations. But when we want to be serious, we definitely can. Yeah. Um, and we just want to talk to our, our generation here. I mean, that's another beautiful aspect of this platform is that we can talk to the people within our communities and, you know, make our make our family just a little bit bigger, you know? Our friendos family, you know, increase the number of people in that. And that we're just trying to spread love here, too. So we're all friendos. We're all looking for a friendo out here. And we want all of our brothers and sisters in this yes. world to be friendos. <laughs> that is my message. I love it. That was so deep. Okay. Wow. I'm going to put that on a shirt. Yeah, we'll make merch Believe eventually. It. Stay tuned. So, yeah, I think that'll be pretty successful, huh? <laughs> Oh, there's the doubt. There is, there is. 
All right, we'll give you a free shirt. That's what you want. We'll yes, give you the free yes, shirt, Lola, because you you're our first guest. Our first guest that. ever. How do you feel like to be our first guest? There you go. You get what you deserve, bro. Don't get ahead of yourself, but uh, we'll get there. Oh, no, we'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. If I can afford that, do we have a budget? I, I think we need to start making a budget for this. I'm trying to Venmo us. It's a gift to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, our, our fans will donate here. But, um, I'm going to ask my dad. It's fine. We'll get something out of him for this. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mr. Ravenous. <laughs> but uh, you don't get to escape us yet, yeah, though, yes, yeah. because uh, we have this weekly segment that we do. I don't know if you caught this in the first two episodes, but it's this, uh, it's this pretty unique or dumb, unique yeah. and dumb unique segment. And, um, interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, interchangeable. Where we list uh, a famous trio, and then we try to say who's who between the three of us in that trio. Like, who resembles who the most? In that trio, it could be physical, the resemblance, or it could be like how we are as people. <laughs> yeah, because Alina resembles. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I think we went we went personality more. I don't know why I said that physical. It can be physical sometimes. Who knows? We said Alina was Michael Jordan last week. Okay, Alina well, is not Michael Jordan. Six, six. Okay. The only thing that's different is she's not six six, and she can't. I found out yesterday. Like, Five three. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. I'm five. How, seven. how yeah? How tall are you, Lola? Really Lola's quick question, tall. just curiosity. Yes. You should Damn, see tall. our okay. grad. Our grad That's pictures. I look so dream. small. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you wearing heels? I can't remember. I was wearing heels. <laughs> well, you guys were in heels too. So like, yeah. I would say it was like our normal height, but we were all like taller than our normal height, right? Yeah. But like, <laughs> did right there. Wait, did I not see Lola yeah, when I came to your graduation? Been... They, well, Sid was. Akil was not. Yeah. How was it? I remember seeing your Asian yeah. friend, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think we took I don't photos. Know. Maybe you guys didn't take a photo. So, I think when you I was were probably there. with your family. They did get to meet Juno, but they did not meet you. No. Okay. But yeah, I am the shortest oh. of all my friends. I'm used okay. to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you midget. Alright, so Serge Ibaka and Alina will be the couple with the biggest height difference. But you Serge know. Ibaka, yeah. So she likes Serge Ibaka a lot. So we'll put them there. Yeah, that's a huge height difference, actually. We'll be like seven feet, almost seven feet, probably. But I think he's six or less. Uh, <laughs> right, let's get back to what we're talking about the trio. The trio. So what is the trio for this week? The trio is the iCarly squad Carly Shay, Sam Puckett, and Freddie Benson. Yes, and I'm Gibby. <laughs> I, I guess she, yeah, she has. She lo- she's uh, Gibby by default. Buffy's <laughs> the real OG, but all right, but you know what? We're gonna actually we're gonna start this off by. Uh, so usually, what we do is like we just go in like a circle and just say who's who, or who we think is who. But right now, we're gonna put the entire pressure on you, and of the the long um time that you've known us which is about an hour and i want to say about uh <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> who you say is who i mean we're not alina longer but i feel like that doesn't matter she's still gonna be the same answer for you but wow. nah, she met alina for the first time right now alina today you don't have to list out all three we could like if you like no one for sure right now we could just deliberate the rest together it's up to you 
I want to know. All the heat. All that smoke. I want all the smoke. I kind of get... Sid, you look like Gibby, though. That's my kill, so I would want to say Sam. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I I've really? never been called feisty in my life, but that's you know, I'll take it. Spicy? I don't know. I, it's, it's never happened, but I'll take it. No, <laughs> I, I love that butter sock. I will carry that butter sock yeah, around. You take that butter oh, sock. I forgot about the killer. butter sock. Oh my god! And he loves, what happened with the butter sock? He loves fat cakes too, by the way. So keep that in mind. Butter sock. Butter sock. Fuck it. Why not? What is going yeah, on? Yeah, she hits. Yeah, she hits people with it. Oh, you don't remember this? She, she has people with a stock of butter. Yeah, she has like hard butter in a stock, and she just like swings that shit around. <laughs> literally, yeah. she she has a stock. Literally forgot about that. Yeah, I can see that happening. It's so funny. It's pretty raw. Now, damn. If I if you called me Sam though, I want to hear who Freddie is <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, low key. The kill gives me such Freddie vibes. That's the thing. Really? Yeah. Okay, so if we switch, okay, wait. Well, we were saying, like I. Hey, Lola, there's no water left in your cup. You can't be drinking anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You really... I know you have some clear skin, but I don't think any more water is going to do anything. Now I might need to switch that, because I'm like, Sid, maybe you're Sam. Akeel, Freddy. And I'm Harley. This makes more sense to me as well. Okay. <laughs> My life makes sense again. <laughs> Sorry for the confusion. <laughs> Damn it, you always had it. I didn't say anything. Alina's like had a target on me since oh, I'm back. Though. Since you tried to get Michael Jordan on her, that's what happened. So wait, so who so he's Freddy. Oh, What's Alina? Alina's wait, Sam. I think I'm Sam. Alina's Sam. Oh, oh. Okay. This is so how I'm fair. Give my butter, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna get my butter for your different choices. What? Who do you think you are, Alina? Me? I I thought I was okay. The way that Akil says I always have had this like target on him and literally fight for like my way all the time. I feel like that makes me kind of Sam in a sense. But I could see it being Sid as well. It's tough. Damn, they know love for Sid. This is tough. <laughs> I know love for Sid. Last week is I think I'm the Michael Jordan of the group, and I swear Alina did not let. She didn't like that shit at all. <laughs> After we were done recording, Alina was still going at me for saying that I said I was. Oh, I yeah. swear, Alina's <laughs> like the worst. Hey, there, there is nothing wrong. Is a fucking leader. Freddie so. is a short king. He glowed up at the end of the show. He got yeah. mad hot. Like he's tech savvy. Literally, the show would not exist without him. So I'm not trying to there's have nothing wrong with being called Freddy. That means that means me and him You know, I do I do the mixing. Hey, 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 hey! So that means me and him. Okay, okay. Put this up at the number. Okay, I like it. I like it. I look. I look. agree with what Lola said. I kind of agree with it. So I think I'm good with that. I'll be like, Sam. I, I like my fat cakes and butter and socks. I'm good with that. Like, I don't want to agree, but I do. Because, you know, I do the mixing every week. Freddy, so yeah, so tech nerd. But, like, there I feel like Alina's Freddy at okay, times, too, because yes. we be shitting on her a lot, too. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah. See, you knew that just within an hour of knowing us. We shit on her all the time. So. I mean, for those of you who don't know, me and Sid are in the same room right now, but Alina, unfortunately, <laughs> is at her home alone. Get an invite. It's true. Look. Yeah. Just want to put that out there. I think I think it's time to... <laughs> yeah, it got a little hot in here. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think we know who we are. I mean, hope if if anybody who's listening right now on the podcast, if you want to let us know who you think is who, uh, shit, who do you guys think Lola is too? Y'all, y'all listen to Lola for an hour and a half. We we can we can figure out what Lola. Yeah, totally. Maybe we, what Lola? You want to be Gibby, right? Do you think even <laughs> Lola's Gibby? Guy. She's a Gibby. You think so? You know, I just really wanted. To be. <laughs> I oh, love yeah, Tebow, actually. dude. That's the guy I wanted to be. <laughs> Tebow's old. <laughs> Very good, man. Oh, Bagels on a stick, Everybody dude. It does not Tebow. get much better. Bagels on a stick? What? <laughs> you want to be Tebow? Okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, he had the best ideas. <laughs> he was he an innovator. Clutch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He had some great hair, dude. That man has some real long hair. And I don't know how he can Look. put tacos on a stick. That's forever what I'm not going to understand. Innovative. Yeah, like... Genius, like spaghetti, spaghetti tacos is one thing, but tacos on a stick is another. That's something else. <laughs> oh, that's a different level. Oh, actually, those are so fire. Those are so fire. Yeah, we're good. Are, we're are set. we good? Are we? Yeah, well, spaghetti tacos is a. We damn spaghetti tacos. That's a nice way to end too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Lola, thank you so much for being our first yes. guest. Clap for Lola. Snaps. Thanks for Lola. Snaps. Thanks for Lola. We're spending enough with our. Honestly, I really enjoyed my time. Snaps go all around. Y'all queen, y'all. <laughs> you guys were awesome. Hopefully, you can come back for another episode. Yeah. If you're down to come another episode, we'll have you okay. gladly. We won't be paying you again. Yes. Strictly about Evo and his inventions on the next episode. Oh, dang. that could be a whole episode, did it? Yep. Yeah, so we'll, like, <laughs> you're, you're a lock for that. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, let's do it. Alright, well, Craig. Right. Craig, take us out, Craig. Craig, can you pick me up? Let's pretend we're dancing to the Amigo song that we're about to play. Alright, time to go. Alright, time to go.